Hey, welcome. Episode 27. Today is Mother's Day. You'll be listening to this after Mother's Day, but for me, it's Mother's Day. And so I thought I'd do a quick solo cast and kind of talk about like life is hard, whether you're a mom or a dad or a daughter or son or sibling, coworker, like no matter how you slice it, things are hard. And, uh, I wanted to uh, offer a little bit of insight, inspiration, motivation to um, share kind of like how I navigate because I think sometimes I'll show up on different platforms and have this uh, image like everything's great, it's so wonderful and naturally that's the the kind of downfall of social media and you know it's not very often that we get a chance to see all sides of the equation. So. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my ranting. It's a little bit harder. I haven't done these ones by myself in a while. It's easy when I can bounce ideas off somebody, but let's give this a try. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. All right, welcome. Happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. Uh, You know, it's funny, we are very, so untraditional, defy the norm in pretty much everything we do that it's kind of an ordinary day for us. We don't really celebrate holidays much. It's not that we're Jehovah Witnesses or anything. It's just that we kind of live every day to the fullest. And if there's something we need or want, we kind of buy it. We don't save it up for a special occasion. And so it, uh, you know, I talked to family and talked to my mom and everyone said, oh, happy Mother's Day. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm going to record a podcast today and probably create, uh, get another blog published. It's just another ordinary day. But I thought on this podcast, I could talk about some of the uh, not ordinary parts of living. And uh, when we were, when I was about to record this podcast, I had uh, gone on to, I don't know, I I inadvertently saw a review that I hadn't seen um, back from November. And somebody had written a review uh, on this podcast um, saying how horrible it was and that I'm self-indulgent and uh, it was a self-indulgent humble brag. And that I claim to transcend my ego and gush how badass and amazing my life is. And I thought, man, first Gabby had tried to hide it from me. She's like, first, I don't want my mom to see this to begin with. And second, I don't want her to see it on Mother's Day of all days. But it was okay. I thought, well, one one hater to go, one hater down. I'm sure there's hundreds more to go. And I thought about it for a long time before I recorded. Like, I really want to say something about that. Uh, but but I wasn't quite sure exactly. So this is my attempt at exactly what I I thought I wanted to say about it. And thought, guys, you know, it's interesting that um, the person who wrote it, I felt a lot of actually compassion for them. Somebody who's going to take the time to write a review. It's kind of funny, you know, we, Victor and I owned a gymnastics facility for 20 years. And while we did get a lot of kudos early on, towards the 
later part of our business, we'd talk about it. We'd go out on dates and go like, God, you know, people don't say thank you as much anymore. I wonder if we're doing a bad job. And I think it's just as human beings, it's so easy for us to spew our anger or to be when something doesn't go right. I mean, I'm guilty of it for sure. And like we're we're quick to to say when things are wrong or we feel hurt or not justified in something. And um, but we're not very good about like taking time to say, hey, thanks. Hey, I really enjoyed that. It's really good. And so I have to uh, really take a step back and go, and, and I'll question like, well, why am I here? What's the whole point of showing up on a podcast or showing up on YouTube or show, you know, wh- why am I doing it in, in the first place? Is it truly about the ego? And my answer is, of course, no, but um, I could see how maybe that comes across and I felt bad for the person because I thought, gosh, if you're going to put that much energy into saying something hurtful, you must be a hurt person to begin with. And then, of course, I thought like, God, well, when, when did I come across as um, claiming that I've transcended my ego? Because <laughs> I think, if anything, this whole the whole point of when I share stuff is about uh, sharing the experience of the ego. If anything, it's like that third person awareness of, wow, my ego is really wrapped up in blank. And maybe it's, um, maybe it's not explained a lot. So I'm going to try to show up more often and, and let, and share how, uh, this constant battle with my ego is really what's actually driving me through, through the life that we live. It's because of that, because the ego wants to go one way that maybe it gets us to take a step back and go like, really does, does like status, does, have you seen the cars I drive? Like you'd think if it was driven, if it was purely ego, I'd probably pick a vehicle that looks a little bit better. But that's that's beside the point. Uh, what is important is that, you know, when we show up with confidence, whether it's myself, you, anyone you know, if they take the time to show up with confidence and um, <laughs> gratitude, maybe it comes across as, as an ego, but maybe showing gratitude for wow, I did this, or I'm doing this, or I'm achieving this, or I'm going through. That's the point behind manifestation. We don't achieve a life that we want to live without verbally saying where we want to go. The whole premise behind manifestation is being able to picture what you want to achieve, whether it's a new car, whether it's a new house, whether it's a vacation, whether it's like kids that shower you with affection, whether it's a husband who showers you with affection, gives you a massage every night, whatever it is that we're trying to manifest in our life, it starts by speaking it, by believing that we are worthy of achieving it. Uh, If you walked into our motorhome or into our house, we have sticky notes all over the place of the things we're trying to, to manifest that, and they'll say things like, I am worthy. I have something of value to add to the world because to show up and put yourself out there Anybody could do it. Anyone can start a podcast. It's not a function of um, that one person has something more valuable. We all have something valuable to give. It's whether we're willing to share the experience along the way. And that takes a lot for, for a lot of people. I mean, we can be haters and think, oh, well, that person's so much more successful. They cheated or it's because of this. Well, justify. No, they, they showed up every day. They, show, they worked for it. And that was important. And so it's really important for um, for us to recognize that confidence does not necessarily mean you've 
you think you've transcended your ego, nor does it doesn't mean you're a bad person. I mean, as a empowerment leader, empowerment coach, I want people to come in and be like, oh, I'm really struggling with this. But you know what, Robin? I know exactly what I really want a year from now. Can you help me get there? Like, what what's the what am I missing here that's making it so I haven't achieved this? And you know, whether most of the time. I would love, I would love to be uh, super successful, whatever successful means. But I would love to be maybe more popular than I am in in what we do with nomads or what we do with this podcast or uh, selling more books and all that. But the fact is, is that long time ago, I knew that my highest self, my biggest goal in life was to raise my kids. And you can't raise kids and be involved and make connections if you're not around them. And so I've let a lot of these ideals of what success means to me kind of slip down. Um, there's a very conscious uh, awareness of, you know, what what I can achieve. Like as long as I feel like I wake up and, all right, I'm taking the next step towards towards that success model without sacrificing what I want to maintain in a connection model, that's a slippery slope for people. That's a really, it takes a lot of awareness. And, you know, if you probably know that Gabby, Isabel, and I, uh, not only do we have Nomad's blog, but we started another blog, Making Mindfulness Fun. And so now we're running two blogs, multiple Instagram accounts, multiple YouTube accounts, trying to uh, get this podcast uh, more consistent. And at the same time, trying to create these crazy goals in our own athletic performance. Like yesterday's podcast, we talked about how we spent the last two weeks rock climbing and uh, how amazing, like we just feel so much connection with not only the earth, like you're literally, you know, feet in the dirt, hands on the rock wall, um, wind in your face. And you feel this connection, one, to, to the universe, to Mother Nature, to the earth, but also to one another because it doesn't happen unless we're like helping each other out. Hey, can you make this? Can you cook this? Can you start the fire? Can can you drive for a little bit? There is such a give and take that you can't help it. Like you're not going it alone. You are not you are not alone on this world. <laughs> and it it makes sense why if you you know if there was an evil force at work, why they would want to isolate people because the second you're isolated. You know, your mind goes into dark places. But as soon as you feel a connection, whether it's with human beings or just uh, the energy around you, you are going to naturally vibrate on a higher level. You are going to be more motivated to make things happen for yourself. And it's a really um, powerful, powerful thing. Uh, You know, Victor and I aren't always on the same page in this because even though we live a life together, we kind of live parallel lives in some ways because, you know, a lot of times I'm out with the kids traveling and we've shared on this podcast how we have very different upbringings. So we have different belief systems we're trying to balance out. And so he'll he'll be working. And as a type two, he's such a giver. He gives to everybody and he truly like wants to make people's lives better. And then there's me on this other side, the type eight, the idealist who's like, well, why don't we make it the best? And I recognize that there's this balance between the two of like, not everybody has the ability to just go out and live their best life, but we, but we can take steps towards it and we can manifest 
that best life by recognizing what it is. Oh, my best life is if I'm outdoors, um, challenging my body through activities and being surrounded by the, the people I love the most. You know, that's my maybe my best life. That's my high self. And if I'm getting to uh, connect and inspire other people, like this morning, it was the best Mother's Day gift to me because somebody emailed me and thanked me for something that I had written. And I'm like, oh, that's just, that. that's like one of my, when I script out my manifestations, that's like one of the top things. Actually, and somebody, and somebody else had bought a course. When I script out my ideal day, and I really do think that so much of, so much of manifestation and so much of being able to live boldly, dream big, question things, starts with scripting. If you do any of my empowerment course, top thing is scripted out. Um, I, can, I tell stories about how I used to script out places that, oh, one day I'm going to be hiking through France with my daughters, eating chocolate croissants. Boom, what do you know? One year we're doing that. Oh, I'm just sitting in the sawtooth, free camping under the stars and had such a great hike and now my husband and I are opening up a beer and we're just laughing, telling stories. It happens. So scripting ends up being such an important thing in, in our in our business model, things like that. I don't necessarily have this like, I probably have to work on it because uh, one of the things with manifestation is starting like, okay, what's your first manifestation? What's your first layer of of goals, of achievement. And then like, once you get there, what do you want next? What's the next layer? And then the next layer. And it's, sometimes it's hard for me to think through to a bigger layer To, I mean, right now, I think it's a big deal for me to, to come to terms with the idea that it's okay for me to rent a house and still travel in one of my two RVs while, um, and maybe not even go to the house. Like, I don't want to get rid of the house because I kind of like that we travel without all of our stuff. I mean, for seven of us, we have so much stuff still. And so it's a big deal for me to wrap my head around that that's not waste, that you're allowed to manifest. Money is just energy. And if, if you manifest an abundance of money that it's okay to have multiple houses or multiple RVs and you don't have to maximally use them, that's, that's a really big struggle for me and something that every day I have to sit down and and reaffirm like no that's okay that's not that's not a programming that money makes you evil or that makes you greedy and um you know maybe it's something you can relate to that it's like yeah i feel bad if i'm i feel like i'm a selfish person or maybe you you're great at that maybe you have no problem um buying lots of things in excess because you know that it means you can give. I know a lot of people that are over buyers and they're the ones who like, you go to their house and like, oh, here, I've got an extra this, I've got an extra that. And so it makes them more giving. And so I think it's a cool thing for us to just recognize. I don't think either mindset is right or wrong. What matters is recognizing, does that mindset serve you best? And in order to know what serving you best is, means you have to have space in your life to step back and reflect on what would be a perfect day? What would be a win for me? What's the thought process that's keeping me from attaining that that goal, that happiness, that thing that maybe somebody's going to look down on you and be like, wow, you are so egotistical and self-indulgent because you're out camping every day with your family, whatever it is. Um, I laugh a little bit because we just went for this two-week trip in a motorhome that 
starts up every single time, which is why we still travel in it. Sometimes it's nice to know, like, it's better. Uh, dang, I'm not going to be able to. I need my husband to finish my sentences because it's better to know the problem that you have than not the problem you have. Well, Mike, this truck, this uh, RV starts up after, I think it has 150,000 miles on it. I think I've put about 70,000 of those miles on it. And we've done a, a handful of oil changes. I kid you not, that's it on it. And it starts up every time. And so because of that, I don't want to just get into a new one because I feel like, well, I can tolerate, I can handle the things that are broken. Well, let me tell you all the things that are broken. Um, besides, if you've seen pictures, the whole back end was smashed in. But, you know, the bed's kind of jerry-rigged. Uh, the toilet's kind of broken. It doesn't like flush right. Um, so you can't, like it needs to be replaced because the foot thing doesn't, depressed to flush it so the vent just stays open which means if you open your front windows the smell is horrible which means we don't open the front windows so sometimes we'll use ac but you know it'd just be nice to run down to roll down the windows and it doesn't really go uphill very fast so if you're in the driving somewhere really hot you can't run the ac because then you lose a lot of power so that part's a little bit of a pain but we've figured we've we've just adapted we drive a lot at night so it doesn't really matter we let that go but to, for me to think like, man, I'm such a, <laughs> um, with the ego in there, I'm like, God, well, you know, I think we're just choosing our hardships. We just choose it in different ways. And uh, we still don't have running water in there, uh, which really isn't a big deal. We just fill fill the water, uh, fill a couple gallons of water. We have a holding tank. You just have to go outside to fill it. And we just do dishes by hand. And it's okay. If for us it works at this point, it's not like I really want to live in it full time, but for a two-week road trip, takes us to amazing locations, create great memories. It's a small hardship along the way. So choosing your hardship is, is something that we can consciously do by starting with something like looking at just our simple day. I've probably told this story many times. I'll probably tell it many more, but when my kids were, when Danny and Gabby were homeschooled and they were probably about 10 and 12, uh, we did an outs, I called it um, a happiness class. But I, but I truly just took the book uh, Happier and I kind of just did, I modified the lectures and so I'd tell the kids, okay, what, what did you do today? I want you to track your whole day and then I want you to put two plus signs, like he says in the book, by the things that make you happy. And I'm going to put you, put one plus sign by the things that make you just okay, and that are okay, and put a minus sign by the things you hate, or two minus signs by the things you really, really would just wish you didn't have to do. And so they took account, they, they looked at like their chores and how they would use their free time and their sports and um, their schoolwork. And I even said like, hey, if there's parts of your schoolwork that you don't like, that's fine. If there are two, two minus next to them, we'll take those away, but you have to add something that's educational that gives you two pluses. And so from that point on, I pretty much let them choose their curriculum to, to a greater extent. I mean, I still did. They liked math, so it made it easy. I liked math. So we kept doing like algebra and stuff like that, which for some people would be out right away. Like, I do not want to teach my kids algebra. And I'd say, don't teach your kids algebra then. Um, and then we, we move from that to, so then you have that first step of, okay, what, what does intentional living look like? Well, that's a really hard thing. You know, Victor works with a lot of adults and 
they're wonderful and they're just like myself, really successful in certain elements of their life and really struggle with other elements. I mean, isn't that the human condition that we're all really good at some things and other parts are just really hard for us? Well, of those things that are really hard, some of them don't have to be hard. Some of them are hard because we've trained our brain to to think a certain way or society has trained our brain to think that like we're supposed to be on our hamster wheel. Okay, not many people are telling you, uh, well, do you have to? Like, I mean, my husband and I talk about this all the time. We'll try to do more podcasts on this, but I tell him all the time, like, why? you don't have to make X amount of money. You're telling yourself that if I make X amount of money, then I'll be worthy. Then I'm allowed to enjoy my life. But I'm telling you from this side like that, we, we don't absolutely have to make a certain amount of money. It's a mindset or a thought process that's attached to validation as opposed to enjoyment. And we get into these parts, uh, sticky parts. Uh, it's hard to, it's, they're hard to navigate where we have to go, okay, is this, is this truly a fear? Or am I, um, am I really, you know, should I have a little bit of a safety net? My, this house that we rent, for example, it's, it's a little bit of fear of the unknown and what's going to happen in the world. I mean, are we going to have food shortages? Are we going to have an economic collapse? Would it be nice if um, there become mandates for jabs? Would it be nice to have a little escape? I'm just going to tell you honestly, yes, it is kind of nice to just know that I do have a place with freezers and I do have some land if I need to grow stuff. That's, that's absolutely fear-driven with some element of rationality. Now, if I thought, um, okay, well, I need to have 10 freezers full of food and I have to have, um, I need to start growing stuff now because you never know when things could change. And, you know, I know people, I'm not this person, but I know people who have thousands of rounds of ammunition. And there's like, there's a line where we can get carried away, right? There's a spot where we can go too far down that fear. So, each person has their own chance to like navigate, well, is this out of fear or is this out of, um, you know, thinking ahead? Third eye, basically. My third eye sees this, I'm thinking ahead. And there's, it's a really hard, it's a really hard line for people. But what happens is when you go through that without evaluating it, deciding for yourself, like, am I, am I taking my, my worry too far? What happens is you become addicted to the stress hormones that you're releasing. You're constantly reacting to every single threat as an emergency, as as life-threatening, as opposed to a small obstacle or a little hurdle on your way to something greater. And what what ends up happening is we become very uh, narrow-minded, narrow-focused. Our all we're thinking about is the sensations in our body, our our to-do list, all the things that have to happen. And as those stress hormones constantly get released. We're, we're literally destroying our immune system. Our immune system works inversely to our stress hormones. So you can imagine that if you're on that hamster wheel all the time, I got to, I got to, I need more money. I got to, uh, somebody needs me. Well, we create these um, emergency responses that put us always in survival mode. And what happens is it's hard to be in survival mode and be in creation mode. And as a creator, somebody who like really wakes up every day thinking, oh my gosh, okay, what am I creating on Instagram? What am I creating on the blog? What am I creating on a podcast? What am I creating on YouTube? That 
there's this, I can't personally fathom being in survival mode like that because I chose a long time ago that survival mode wasn't my in my best interest. I know a long time ago I had this moment of realization that like, man, I'm not so, like, I really wish I felt more understood by my parents, you know, because everything in life comes down to whatever your childhood traumas are. And for me, I was like, hi, my kids were pretty young when I'm like, I don't like that I don't feel understood. And I'm going to make it a point that I want to understand my kids. I want to know where they're coming from. I want to know what they're really thinking and like help them, help them not feel like I feel. And so at that point, I chose like, okay, well, I need to create that feeling in that life. Okay, so that easily years go by that that creates our homeschooling. That creates a homeschooling curriculum that's based on like, hey, how do you want to create your day? And that eventually led to like, hey, let's create trips together. Where do we want to go? Let's create experiences in sports. So creation ends up driving our life a lot. Hopefully, maybe I can get Victor on tomorrow to talk about that he doesn't necessarily have that as much in his life. He's starting to more and more, but it took him coming out of survival mode. It took him being out of San Diego where it was just work, 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 you know, sunrise to sunset. He puts in long hours. You don't have a chance, even if you're giving from a space of maybe your purpose or something you're really good at, doesn't necessarily mean you're in creation mode. Um, and so he, you, when you're in that survival mode, you don't get the chance to think about, hmm, what do I want to create? What, what would be like really meaningful? What would be funny? Have you guys seen Victor's, like the last few reels he made? It's because he finally had space when we're in Montana to be like, I want to be creative. Let's, let's have some fun. And he's super, Victor and I taught gymnastics together for almost 20 years. And uh, I was the one who started the program. Like I had taught gymnastics before I met him. And I was the analytical, um, this is the way to be the best and to achieve and that. And he brought in this whole other element of fun to our classes. He was like, he was the clown and the kids loved him. And it totally hit my ego early on. Like, oh, they like you better than they like me when it came to, especially the younger kids who were really just in there to have fun. And it was such a great lesson for me to make, oh, it doesn't have to be always about being the best or being achieving more or learning the next skill like it can actually just be about fun and so he had that element but then through our travels we didn't have a, a situation he went back to survival mode because it was hard to adapt to new situations and so then that became his survival mode and my creation mode and it's interesting to see um, to see when those merge it's it's interesting to see when we can shift and so we always talk about uh, the girls and I always talk about on our mindfulness channel how creation is uh, from a space of your sacral chakra, and your sacral chakra is your second second chakra up. And so, literally, if your sac if your root chakra, your lowest chakra, is blocked, you're in fight or flight mode. Right? You're you're just trying to survive your day. You're just trying to sec feel secure, safe. So it's impossible for the energy to go up to the next. To that sacral chakra, uh, what actually ends up happening is, so you have root chakra at the bottom, then you have sacral chakra, then you have solar plexus or Manipura, and is the third one. And Manipura is where we do. It's where we engage in the world. Well, a lot of us aren't engaging in the world in a healthy state. We're engaging in the world 
with to-do lists, with I have to, right? Um, my mom needs me. My dad needs me. My my kid needs me. My coworker needs me. My boss is going to fire me if I don't do this. I got to get to the grocery store. I got all these things. And it, it does feel like it's Manipura, but it's not always from a healthy space of like uh, sacral chakra, where sacral chakra is a reflection of like our individuality, our creativity, who we are. And so it becomes this um, really tricky, hard uh, balance beam to walk, right? Between uh, where's a healthy Manipura, where's a healthy place that we're acting from, and not just our to-do list, not just out of fear, and where are we doing it out of like self-expression. And then if we want to put the last layer, the icing on the cake, is when we go to act out of that space of self-expression and share our thoughts and make ourselves vulnerable and say what we're feeling and maybe hopefully inspire other people or feel like we're able to, to um, share our ideas that are relatable, well, guess what? There's always going to be that person out there who's going to write a bad review or there's always going to be that person who doesn't agree with the way that you're saying it or um, it strikes a nerve. Whatever it is, there's always going to be that person out there or many people out there. And so it takes a lot of self-discipline and it takes a lot of self-love to be to to keep acting out of that place of your own individuality, your own weirdness, your own vulnerability and say like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to have blinders on and be like, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But if there's that one person who who I am their cup of tea or who you are their cup of tea that makes a difference, then you just have to hold on to that more. That's your brain you know, it's the carrot and the stick analogy. Your brain is five times more likely to hold on to those sticks than the carrot, which means you're going to have to work six times as hard to remember the carrots and forget the sticks, okay? And I think uh, it starts with just the thoughts. All it does, it starts with thinking it, thinking what, what would make me so happy today? What would give me two pluses, okay? And then, and then you think it and you say it out loud, over and over and you go I believe it and you think it and you believe it you think it and you believe it and all of a sudden it becomes your reality and this year has like really proven this because as much as I started the year thinking oh my gosh I'm so worried about the state of the world I don't want to live in a house but at the same time I kind of, I like, there's parts of it that I really love. I love my bed. I love my views. I love the space. I love our yoga room. I love, um, I love that we have our couch now. And when I actually sit down to watch a movie, maybe once a month, I love how comfortable the couch is. I love the gym that we have. There are so many things that I love about that, that I have to catch myself. I'm like, wait, I love this. I love, I love the travel too. I love the trip that we just did. And it's okay to love both of them. And by saying it all over and over, it's become this crazy reality, at least for me, and hopefully for you too, as you practice that. It's been this crazy reality that like, you're okay to have it all. It's it, it's almost like it was hard to give myself permission to believe like, I'm allowed to have it all. You're allowed to have it all. Even even though I'll, I'll make the mistake of maybe turning on, well, I don't really turn on the news. I mean, who does that anymore? But whatever, you'll see something on a, a post 
really, I think I've blocked most things. I don't see hardly anything. But every so often an email comes through that you see something negative that's happening. You're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. That might be our reality, but that is not my reality. My reality is that I love this house and I get to enjoy yoga with my family and we eat amazing food together and we sit on a comfy couch and watch a movie every so often and then we all pile into the truck or the RV and go on a road trip and sit in nature. Okay, so I think that'll wrap up our uh, Mother's Day uh, solo cast and just... Um, just remember, you know, it's it's easy to be addicted to the stress. It's easy there. There's chemicals being released in your brain. Um, you know, if you feel yourself or, you know, someone you love who's just always talking about they're stuck in this bad job or a relationship that doesn't make them happy. Um, you know, it, it's just really easy to to get addicted to that rush of adrenaline. And, and it becomes a constant um, survival mode. And so what you can do for them or for yourself is instead of, instead of automatically drawing to the worst case scenario, I know this is probably what, I, what has helped me get to where I, where I am so far is I always think of like, what's the best thing that could happen? I do think like, what's the worst? Like when we talked about rock climbing yesterday and I was worried about Gabby on some of those routes. And I think, okay, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, it is really bad. What's the likelihood it's going to happen? Well, she looks darn confident up there. I'm not, I'm not going to project my fear on her. I'm going to just be supportive. And I'm like, she's got this. She's got this. But what's the best thing that could happen? Well, in that case, the best thing could happen is that she's going to feel very proud of herself. I'm going to feel proud of her too, but she's going to be so empowered from that. And that I can attitude is going to carry over to so many things in her life. So, you know, um, that, that stress response ends up making us competitive, makes us manipulative, makes us fight with each other. So one thing I've been doing this year is just trying to do the best that I can to say, that's awesome to people. When people say, Hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. That's awesome. I, I'm, you know, and if it seems like it's their egos inflated, or maybe I know deep down, I'm like, wow, you're, you're totally lying to yourself. But sure, what, sure, if you're doing that, I don't. I don't go there. I just say, that's awesome. I don't need to change their thought process. All I need to do is work on my thought process and make sure I'm focusing my attention on creation, on awareness, on uh, drawing in the energy around me and just continuing to manifest all the good things that there are in the world. And I totally believe that a lot of people are on the cusp of shifting this perception from hanging on to those negative emotions and being able to attract to the positive, to be able to focus more on creation and less on that hamster wheel of survival. So I hope you enjoyed this. Hey, and if... Uh, you haven't written a review and you feel inspired. And if you really want to write a bad review too, that's okay. Cause you know, it's just part of the process. But if you feel inspired to write a good review, that would be so, so amazingly awesome. And I'd appreciate it. And let's see, hopefully I'm going to bring, I'm really hoping I can get Victor to come on tomorrow and talk a little bit further about um, this idea behind creation and survival mode and how he navigates it. Because we are definitely, um, a work in progress for sure. And being married almost 30 years or well, 25 years together, almost 30 years, you know, we've, we've experienced some things, um, together that I do think are unique and they, uh, they, I think they can help make the, I think they can help make the world a better place. So hope you enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow.